Hi everyone and welcome back to another Coffee Talk. Today I am so excited to be doing another interview. Today I'm going to be interviewing the author of Body Astrology, Claire Gallagher. Now this book was actually chosen for the Sunday Club Book Club back in July. The book is all about how to use your natal chart to learn about the astrology of your body, how each component of our bodies, every part of our bodies, every organ, every bone, everything correlates to a planet which can also obviously correlate to a astrological sign. I was originally going to do an episode talking about everything I learned from the book but then I figured you know what I'm going to reach out and see if there's any chance she would want to jump on. Come on the Coffee Talk podcast and explain it herself because she will do a much much better job than I ever could. This is one of those books that I feel like I'm gonna to have to read a few times over to really have the information sink and fully click and understand. There's so many layers to it. So I can't wait to speak with her. I can't wait to ask her all of the questions that I am just super intrigued to hear her answers about. I also pulled some questions from some fellow members that read the book as well. So I'm gonna ask some of those too and just ultimately have a really cool conversation with the author herself. This feels like such a treat and I'm very honored to be able to even be hosting this space. I hope you guys are ready to hop into a really interesting conversation. And if you've never heard of body astrology before and want to know more about it, then this is going to be the chat for you. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because... It can bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to meet you. I'm so excited to meet you too. I was just talking about how I wanted to do a video talking about what I learned from your book and then I figured, you know what, I'm just going to go out on a whim and see if there's any chance that you yourself would jump on and explain it yourself because you'll do much, much better than I ever could. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on to my Coffee Talk podcast. I just did a little intro prior to jumping on with you, but I would love to give you the chance to introduce yourself, explain who you are, explain what you wrote and yeah, jump on in whenever, however you like. <laughs> this is pretty cash. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Claire Gallagher. I'm an astrologer first and foremost, and I'm an astrology author. I love writing um, clearly. So I'm the author of Body Astrology and I also just consider myself an astrology creative. So I like to use astrology in really different ways and see how we can merge this really ancient thing with uh, modern life and make modern life more interesting, more fun, and more fluid. That's so cool. And how long have you been into astrology? I've been aware of astrology for a really long time, but I say I've been practicing um, really, really intensely for 10 years, uh, like all consuming every waking moment, practicing astrology for 10 years. I grew up actually in a really religious household. And so astrology wasn't really something, um, that I was encouraged to explore. So it actually found me later in life. And then I went full on 100%. I started this episode a little chaotic because I was like, grabbing all of my stuff, but I forgot to ask you my very first question, which is totally unrelated and then I will jump back into 
body astrology, but if you were to walk into a cafe, what would be your coffee shop order? This is my favorite question because I love coffee and I live in cafes and I love the fact that your podcast is Coffee Talk. I loved you right away. So um, I have two orders. It depends on my mood, of course. So if I'm serious, it's just black coffee, period. And if I'm feeling like today it's kind of dreary outside, I would definitely get an oat milk latte. So Mm -hmm. it, it just depends. Yeah. Like going a little bit more comfort with the oat milk. Yeah, a little more comfort. I want to be a little more snuggly, not so serious. Maybe I want to stare at people. That Then it's a latte day. Yeah. I know from reading your book, from your introduction from the book, you originally started out, it was uh, traditional Chinese medicine, correct? Yeah. And then that's kind of like you ended up meeting somebody that led you into the concept of astrology and specifically body astrology. So what was that journey like? Yes, it's a kind of a funny story um, because I found a flyer in the school bathroom and that's how I found body astrology, uh, which is technically called medical astrology in the astrology world. Um, But body astrology is just how I spun it for myself to make it more casual and more approachable. But I was in grad school and I was studying acupuncture, which is what my one of my master's degrees is in. I was also studying for my nutrition masters and I was just on a break in between class and clinic and there was this random flyer in the bathroom about a medical astrology conference and I was just like it just pulled me in you know when you see things and you're like that's for me and I just knew that was for me and I knew nothing about astro at the time and I just showed up and I understood absolutely nothing <laughs> but that was the beginning of my astrological journey and I haven't looked back since so And I think the other piece of that is for so many people that get into astrology and these kind of fringe um, focuses, especially is our own journey of wanting to find ease in our bodies and minds. And that was definitely part of my journey too. And that's why I was in acupuncture school in the first place is a history of chronic illness, a history of mental illness as well, and trying to find um, ease in my body. And so when I saw that, I was like, there's more, there's more for me to explore, to feel better. And so I was hooked right away. I'm veering off of my questions already, but that (laughs) immediately when I read your book and you've mentioned this throughout your book that, you know, you can come back to this information. It's a lot to take in at one time. How long do you feel like it took you to fully grasp what body astrology is and like how long do you feel like you were able to finally start to use it in a way that was helping you benefit both your body and your mental health? Yeah, I actually have two answers to that because one is I feel like I'm still learning. I mean, always and I'm always learning how body astrology can um, support me and also be different than I originally thought it was. You know, it's always teaching me something new and it's growing with me or I'm growing with it rather. And then the other thing is to encourage any listeners who feel overwhelmed because astrology is a lot. And I just want to normalize that astrology is a lot, capital L-O-T. So if you're feeling like, oh my God, this isn't making sense, it's totally okay. I think... um, I took a couple classes, maybe one to two years of really intense medical astrology study, and I felt like I had integrated the material. 
Now, granted, I was also studying elements and um, other traditional medicines at the same time, but I don't want you to think it's not doable. Um, you can definitely learn this material um, quickly, especially if you're invested and you're interested. So I'm still learning, but I think it was quick for me because I was so intrigued and I was also so ill at the time, to be completely honest, that I was insatiable. And so I actually interpreted and, and integrated the material quite quickly. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I love the answer that you feel like you're always learning because I feel like there are so many interpretations to even each individual, whether it is like their natal chart or even just what the symbolism of each sign can really mean to one person. It's so cool because your book really does feel like a textbook. That's what we were saying with the book club, that it feels like something you can go back and reference over and over again to, to really grasp the concept. But it's also so tangible like you made it really easy to read through and understand even though at times I was like oh my gosh what I'm gonna have to go to the back right back to the front of that chapter and read it again but it's such an interesting concept and it is something that I had never heard of before to anybody that might just be tuning in and this is a completely new concept and they haven't picked up your book yet what is body astrology in its most basic sense great question so the idea is what is astrology itself, right? So astrology is this concept that at the moment of birth, your wholeness is encapsulated in that moment. And your life story, uh, your desires, your greatest greats and your deepest sorrows are all seen in the map of that moment, which is the birth chart, where the planets were when you took your first breath. And so within astrology, which is massive, there are so many branches. And within astrology, one branch is medical astrology or body astrology. And the idea is the same, that that snapshot, that moment in time encapsulates your wholeness, your wellness, your illness, and it can show us um, what you're susceptible to, you know, so challenges in the body, but also what's most important, I think, for us um, as astrology enthusiasts is to focus on the strengths of our bodies as well. And so the chart can show that as well. And then from a healing perspective, if you have a healing background or you're well-versed in a modality, the chart can show us what a certain chart or a certain body may respond best to in terms of treatment or movement or other types of nourishment. And this all boils down to, so for instance, like if anybody has gotten their birth chart done before, it's exactly that, right? Like where the planets are, what houses they're in, and what signs they're in, and that's how it correlates to the body? Yeah, great question. So um, for anyone who's never seen an astrology chart before, and plenty of people haven't, so don't feel bad, it's this big circle, it looks like a pie, and um, there's these symbols that are placed all over the chart and they're placed in a sign, a zodiac sign, and a house. And so what a medical astrologer does is it in, they interpret um, certain functions of the body uh, by planet, depending on what zodiac sign that planet is found in. So very briefly, the zodiac signs in medical astrology tend to represent body parts or organ systems, and the planets tend to represent forces or functions like heat or cold, which would bring circulation or contraction, etc. Anybody listening that's like, okay, I'm hooked. I'm intrigued. I want to know more. What would you tell someone that's interested in wanting to know more where to start and what to focus on most importantly, because it is, it's a lot of information at one time. 
Yeah, I love this question because it is a lot. And if you're new to astrology, it's really easy to get distracted by a bunch of different pieces that actually are not important. So let me tell you <laughs> what's important. Um, the moon. The moon is my number one um, recommendation. If you're just starting out with body astrology is get to know your moon, get to know everything about it. What phase is it? What sign is it? What house is it in? You know, where is it in the chart? Who's it talking to by aspect? Really get to know the moon. So I'm a traditional Hellenistic astrologer. So I practice a really ancient form of astrology. And back in the day, the moon represented the animal physical form. Whereas the sun, which is really popular in modern astrology, the sun was more of an animating spiritual force. So it wasn't very physical. And so if you want to focus on the body here on earth, you want to look at the moon. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. So that's where I would go first. Do you know your moon sign, Kaylin? I do. And this is so interesting to me because exactly that. I was shocked that your answer wasn't like a sun or a rising. My moon is in Libra. I know from reading your book, because I looked it up immediately when I read this part of the book, that the the moon itself was... Um, it was like descending into a new moon. Now, this is kind of a tangent, but they can represent sort of our energetic capacity throughout the day and what we might need in order to feel our best. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. You can tell, tell me and tell us, but usually when a moon is darker, we need more seclusion or more rest or more alone time. Yeah, okay. So accurate. <laughs> and the brighter the moon is, the more peopling we might want to do or the more extroverted we might feel or the more we want to be out in public and doing all the things. Um, yeah, so there's so much I didn't even put in body astrology uh, that has to do with the moon that you can get really nerdy about. That's something that you actually offer as well, right? I, I know from just briefing your website really quickly, like if anybody does want to know more, 
and they read the book and they're like, Hey, now I want to know specifically about my own chart or my own moon or whatever. Like they can book in with you. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I do consultations. That's my main job is I, you know, what you see is what you get. This is what it'll look like when you show up with me. And I do natal readings and timing readings and a bunch of mini readings too, if people just wanted a snack. And then I had a second answer to your question, because there's always more than one answer in astrology. And that is if you really want to look into your body astrology and also just your astrology and what's important generally is look to the planet that rules your chart. So I'm going to backtrack for any listeners who are like, what? (laughs) But we all have a rising sign or an ascendant sign. And there's a planet that uh, is in charge of that sign. And that planet is like, if if your <laughs> chart is a car, that planet is driving the car. So that planet is literally in charge of your life and in turn, your wellness and your experience in your body. So knowing about that planet, knowing where it is in your chart, how fast it's moving, if it's visible or not, all of that stuff will add a lot of nuance to your Um, body astrology knowledge. Okay. So interesting. So deeply look into the moon as like your animal or your physical self, and then look into the ascendant planet, like the signs planet to understand more so about like how you're moving through the world, if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So the, it's kind of confusing because there's multiple places in the chart where we can reference the body. And the ascendant is definitely like, this is my skin, this is my immune system, this is my face, you know, that's definitely the ascendant. And so the planet that rules the ascendant sign is in charge of taking care of this, which is why it's so important along with the moon. And so do you know your ascendant sign or your rising sign? Yes. So my ascendant sign is Pisces. Okay. So Jupiter is your ruling planet and Jupiter is my ruling planet too. So we have that in common. I'm a Sagittarius rising. Yeah. So Jupiter governs both of those. And so for you, Kaylin, you know, the Jupiter chapter might be something you want to read again. You know, um, it might be something that will make more sense to you now that we've had this conversation. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. What about when people talk about having um, a, a stellium, like they have multiple of one sign on their birth chart. Does that play into body astrology at all? Yeah, that would play into any branch of astrology. So if somebody has multiple planets really close together in one zodiac sign, we call that a stellium, like you said. I like to call it a cluster too, because it's kind of easier to visualize. I like a cluster of grapes or something like that. And so what that does, like think about if you see that on a piece of paper, your eye goes straight to that, right? So there's an emphasis there. And that's exactly what it's like in the life, wherever, like, wherever those planets are, specifically the house, there tends to be a strong focus in that area in that person's life. It may not show up right away, but at some point in the life, that emphasis will become really obvious. People with stelliums uh, tend to be very singular in their focus, and they um, often have a very specific purpose or specific drive uh, that they're reaching for. Um, So it's kind of exactly what you would think. It's a bunch of energy in one particular place. But in terms of body astrology, what that might do is it might put a really extreme focus on one area of the body where there's just a lot going on in that particular part. 
And so someone with a stellium, let's say pretend in Pisces, which rules the feet and the lower legs and the immune system and the fluids of the body, that's a lot to pick from. But maybe one of those things would actually have a story. You know, they could share a story about that, where that part of the body comes up over and over and over again throughout their life. So that was a long answer, but the short answer is an emphasis or a focus. I love that answer because that's exactly the stellium that I have is in Pisces. So you answered you answered a personal question for me at the exact same time. <laughs> I'm curious to know a little bit more of your, like you said, for instance, I originally thought, oh, Pisces must mean Neptune. And you were like, actually, no, like you practice more traditional astrology. So like, what is the background there? If you could pick that apart a little bit, because I, I love astrology and I feel like I come up a a couple people in my regular day-to-day life. And then also posting online too, which I'm assuming you might have faced this as well. Well, people will be like, oh, but there's no scientific basis of astrology or there's no way to prove astrology. And then I'm always like, I don't know what to say to that other than I can just feel it. So you've obviously studied this, like you are an astrologer. So how do you brush up against those things? And I'm assuming it goes back into the studies that you've done. Yeah. You know, what's funny, like to be completely transparent, I don't talk to skeptics. I just don't I have time that. for them. Yeah. I just don't have time for them. So um, I also don't run into them that much because I'm highly sensitive, which is fine. That's one of my strengths. And because of that, I am very careful about what I share with people concerning what I do for a living, because not everybody is very receptive, let's put it that way, (laughs) to what I do. And so I might say, I'm a consultant, or I'm a writer, or I'm a coach, you know, which is always a stretch. But the, the truth is, I don't come across many skeptics because I don't put myself in that environment as an act of love to myself. But I have, of course, you know, over my career come across people who chuckle or chortle or they're like, okay. And I just smile and I'll say something like, well, don't believe it or observe it for yourself. And so I'm really an experiential uh, learner and teacher. And the way I teach astrology is really through, this sounds very unsexy, but through record keeping and journaling. And so I will have students who maybe are unsure about particular parts of astrology or newbies keep track of either their moods or their symptoms or their life. And then we'll come together and I'll go, well, this is how the patterns line up. And so to me, like experiencing it is the best way to teach it, but otherwise, I'm not into converting people. (laughs) They're just like, okay, I ignore that comment or I just scroll past that, (laughs) et cetera. I love that you called it an act of love to yourself, like knowing your sensitivity and then holding space for actually that, that just drains me. I don't even, I don't even converse with skeptics. That's such a cool way to put it. Oh, I'm glad you think so. Yeah. I just, I don't have the capacity for that. So I don't put myself in that position. Yeah. Right. What was your experience like when you did go into, like, what was the studying aspect like for you? Well, I did go to formal school. So I did go to the Portland School of Astrology and I studied there for a couple of years. And I was doing that as I was doing my graduate degree. So it was just a really intense time of studying. So I thought, why not? Let's just add this on top. I'm already studying all the time. And then after those two years, I did mentorship with a more senior astrologer and I would just go to her house 
and we would read charts together. And that to me is, and I offer that now as a, um, a mentor to budding astrologers as we get together and we read charts together because that's really how you get good at this practice. And then beyond my formal studies, I was just over the top obsessed. So like I was just, like I said, I was keeping journal after journal after journal of, and we would call this a transit journal in astrology, but maybe someone might understand what a moon journal is. Let's just call it a moon journal of how I was feeling and what was happening in the sky and where could I pinpoint that in my chart. And after so many years of doing that, I just became fluent in this other language and finally began. Actually, I started practicing right away with clients because I just was so obsessed. Um, and it is like learning a language. So it's repetition for me personally. Um, writing it, speaking it, reading it, all of it. You just said it's called transit journaling. Like, can you explain what that is? That sounds so intriguing to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess we need to back up and talk about what is a transit. <laughs> Let's pretend like my fist is your natal chart and my finger are the planets right now. So the planets are always moving around your natal chart and interacting with your natal chart in new ways. So they're making new opportunities or new challenges or new needs pop up, right? And so I, I don't wanna say that they cause things to happen, but they correlate with things that are unfolding in your life, okay? That's a good way to talk to a skeptic too. So transit journaling would be paying attention to where the planets are today, how they're interacting with your birth chart and looking around and going, what's happening? and writing that down. It literally is like being a reporter, just recording the facts. For example, I had a Mars transit this week to my ascendant, which we just talked about earlier about being this body and this immune system. And guess who got sick? Me, right? So um, it's just observing what's already happening and then looking back in your astrology calendar and noticing the correlations. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm also curious too. So for instance, like you say, you had a Mars, I'm not going to, yeah, a Mars transit and, and it, it, you ended up getting sick. Like, is there a way to see that coming? And then like, for instance, using your knowledge with body astrology, is there a way to see that coming and then actually help yourself avoid getting sick per se? Or is it more so like things just unfold and then you can almost understand it better in hindsight or as it's happening? Man, what a great question. So I think if you're learning, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Like you're going to learn so, I call it reverse astro sleuthing. You're always good, like something happens and you go, oh my God, what was the astrology? And then you look back in time and you figure it out and you learn so much by doing that. Now, if you're a really advanced astrology student or an astrologer, yes, this is where predictive astrology comes in. You can predict cycles of wellness and illness. I don't recommend doing it legally <laughs> for other people, um, but for yourself, um, absolutely. I saw that coming and I was like, okay, I'm going to clear my schedule a little bit. I'm going to only focus on what's really important and I'm going to give myself lots of space. I didn't want to assume that I was definitely going to get sick. You know, I don't like thinking that way. That's no fun, right? Because um, Mars transits can unfold in a lot of other ways too, like a burst of energy. I know that feels like an oxymoron, but it can bring strife. 
or it can bring energy. They're both hot, like red sort of experiences. Mars can bring both. I just happened to be in an environment around a lot of kids. I was in an airport. I was in the hospital, uh, not myself visiting someone. I was just in an area where there were a lot of germs. So my Mars transit turned out to be a little bit of a bug. So I got a little off track, but the point is, yes, hindsight and prediction are both possible. And I recommend playing with both if you're interested in learning about astrology. Let's say I wanted to start this and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start transit journaling. Um, again, it comes back to like, there are so many planets, there's so many signs, even just in one birth chart. And then to take into account where the planets are currently, what planets, I know you said moon and the planet of your ascendant, but what planets should someone start with as a beginner to focus on? Like, let's say with transit journaling and then using your book, almost like a, a little textbook to like carry you along. Where would I begin? Where would be a good place to start? I'm going to say this slow and I might say it a couple times just to, to be Please clear. do. <laughs> I would, so we all have a natal moon. So the moon in our birth chart, it doesn't go anywhere, right? But it receives transits from other planets all the time, right? Not all every day, but pretty frequently. So if you're starting out, I would pay attention to transits from other planets to your natal moon first. I think that would be the easiest thing to start with and also pretty obvious. I like starting with obvious things so it's easier for people to notice. And then the second would be the chart ruler or the ascendant ruler, like you said, watching transits from other planets to that particular planet in your natal chart. And you're going to need an astrology um, almanac for this. And I have um, some friends who actually wrote a blurb for the book. They have a wonderful company called honeycomb.co and they make almanacs that will tell you this stuff because otherwise you have to do a bunch of math and that'll just turn everybody off. <laughs> Immediately, yes. <laughs> Other thing I would recommend, because it, it's like a planner, um, their almanac, it's just like a calendar. Instead of getting really serious about, I have to find all the transits only to my moon, just write down what happened that day. Like use it as a couple line journal. And then as you get more comfortable, you can go back and see, oh, this was the astrology happening that day. And this was the day I talked to Kaylin on our Coffee Talk podcast. You know, and you'll begin to draw patterns in hindsight, like you said earlier. Again, as I mentioned, we read your book for a book club, and then I opened up the floor if anybody from the book club wanted to ask some questions, and a couple questions did come through. So one in particular that popped up, somebody asked that through reading your book, they were taking something that they were dealing with, which is arthritis, but that wasn't correlating anywhere in their body astrology. So they were curious if they should focus more on their actual like natal chart body astrology, or if sh they should go to the area or the sign or the planet that deals with something like arthritis, like how would they go about navigating something like that? That's more of a chronic yeah. illness. It's a really great question. And I have a couple of thoughts. First is, and this is said with complete love, there might be something you're missing because astrology is really complicated. And so a professional may see something that correlates with arthritis that I just didn't fit in the book, couldn't fit in the book, or it was beyond the scope of the book. So I don't want you to think that your astrology doesn't match up with your experience because 
I believe that astrology is just describing your lived experience. And so you can't be out of alignment with your chart. And so it might just be an issue of maybe that wasn't in the book or maybe we're missing something in the natal chart. So to answer your specific question, I would say, absolutely. Go to the parts of the book that deal with arthritis and address your arthritis head on using those strategies and just trust that the astrology is there because I guarantee you it's there. We just may not be picking up on it um, because you might be newer to astrology or I might have not put that particular aspect in the book and that's okay. There's a lot that's not in the book because astrology is so vast. Well, that's exactly it, right? It would be hard to fit it all into one book. I mean, actually, I'm curious to know your perspective on this. Do you think that astrology is something that can be looked at from multiple different angles or perspectives or even lived experiences? Or do you feel like it really is like this planet really does represent just this? And I think astrology will always be argued about internally. Like we can't even as a profession agree on which house system to use. So there will always be a lot of I don't want to say argument, but debate and exchange of ideas and tinkering with, oh, well, I think it means this and I think it means that, um, which can get astrology into some hot water. You know, I think there is something to be said about having more objective definitions for and standardized definitions for things. But also astrology is very intuitive and that's where the art part comes in. The translation can be a little bit more subjective. So I'm not sure if that answered your question, but it definitely yeah. does because it's just like anything in life, right? Like there's, at least in my belief, I feel like there's always a gray area because nothing can ever really be one solid answer, at least not while we're all divided into these little individual body packages, right? So we all have these unique lived experiences. So like, if I, let's say, have a moon in Libra and I have ascendant Pisces, that doesn't mean that someone else with a moon Libra and ascendant Pisces will have like the exact same experience or even like health, even if they were born close to me at the same time. So I feel like that totally answered the question. Born into in different environments. And so different mm -hmm. environments and different family units and different climates are going to interact with the same chart in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. Another question is someone asked, they would really love to hear about some additional insights from your perspective on what your like client patient stories would be like. Like, what is a typical day for you when you interact with a client, and how does how do you go about practicing or sharing your astrological knowledge? So, I actually have shifted my focus since body astrology was released. And I actually don't practice body astrology with clients anymore. And that is a really long story, which I'm happy to talk about. But these days I, um, I consider myself a general practitioner with a real focus in creativity and business. I love talking to people about what inspires them and how to make those things. It's very similar though, in terms of preparing for readings. I may have one to two readings a day because I like to respect my capacity. You know, a reading may last up to 90 minutes. It can take up to, you know, three hours to prepare for a reading, depending on how in-depth it is. So I'll usually prep a couple days before and sleep on it. And then before I see the client, make some intuitive adjustments to my notes. And then I sit down and have a conversation just like this with my client. And sometimes the conversation goes in a very different way than we would expect. And so part of being an astrologer is being 
uh, flexible. <laughs> being flexible, being a conversationalist, asking questions and leaving space in the conversation for people to have their own moment, like aha moments in the session. Like, do you find through your work that you end up learning more either about astrology at large or even about your own chart as you've interacted with people? And like you said, one of the ways you learned was through reading charts, reading charts, reading charts. Like, do you ever feel like you learn more and more with each chart that you read or with each interaction that you have? Absolutely. I think I'll feel that way until I die. And I hope I do this until I die. Um, because I love it so much. But yeah, you know, what I actually do is I keep case notes on my clients. And I every time I hang up on a Zoom call, I get my voice recorder and I make case notes because that is how I continue to learn. I'm always wanting to get better at prediction. Prediction is really hard. <laughs> um, and so the way you get better is by making predictions and failing or making predictions and they turn out different than you expected, but still turn out. And so I keep notes about stuff like that. And I, that works because most of my client relationships are long-term. And so I get to see people's lives unfold over many years and that's where you really learn the juice that's so cool so something you actually that ties into this but it's another question from someone from the book club they're curious to know like obviously they've mentioned as well that they're gonna need to read the book a couple times over but even for you yourself like how can you take the knowledge of things like astrology and work it into your day-to-day -day? for instance do you find that there's blocks in your own way that you feel like could correlate to a sign in your chart or something or this person in particular was asking like in the best way possible like how can she use her uh, astrology chart in order to work into like her daily daily routine and optimize the energies moving through her life well that's a good question too so many great questions from your <laughs> lovely people um so a couple thoughts one is if you haven't gotten a reading a natal reading i would start with getting a natal reading so you fully understand what your chart what you're looking at okay and what parts of the chart you really want to pay attention to and maybe study more and read up on in other books or what parts of the chart you can kind of put to the side. So I would highly recommend having a professional put eyes on your chart and, and just kind of guiding you through it like a tour guide. That can be a really helpful place to start. And then in terms of integrating astrology into daily life and allowing it to help you optimize routines or even just understand your life better and what's happening um, and your place in this world. Again, I would go back to transit journaling. So right, like get yourself a little astrology almanac or at least an app that tells you where the moon is every day and start keeping track of how are you feeling, what's going on in your life, what's happening, and then begin to do a study, make an experiment for yourself. Maybe you wanna study Mars. And so you go back and you find all of the days when Mars was active and you notice, oh, look, I was a little agitated all those days, but I also got a lot of work done. You're gonna to start to notice patterns. And then what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to use your knowledge to change your life, basically. Like if you know on Mars days, you're kind of agitated, but you get shit done, like then you're going to start planning stuff in that way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. And something you actually mentioned in your book as well is how this starts to overlap with 
other cycles that happen in our life. Like for instance, living more seasonally in the cycles of my actual cycle, my menstrual cycle, and then layering on top of something like a a natal chart. So it would make sense to use that as part of that transit journaling, like keep those as little pointers maybe off to the side. But do you have any advice for someone that's looking to, to try and live as in tune with just all of the different energies and cycles as possible? Something that just uh, came through as you were speaking, and it's something we haven't talked about yet, is I think it's really important for people to know where Saturn is uh, in terms of where it is in the real-time sky and how it's interacting with your chart. I think it's also really important for people to know where Jupiter is and how it's interacting with their chart. And the reason is they're kind of like, opposites. Saturn, I love Saturn. It's my favorite planet. <laughs> Every, everyone hates on Saturn. I love Saturn. It does bring some limits and some hardship and it brings um, discipline and sometimes difficulty and things that are very challenging. Um, but usually things that for the long term are in our benefit. And then Jupiter, on the other hand, tends to bring opportunities and growth and up-leveling in all sorts of ways. And so they're kind of different. One is very serious, one is more buoyant. And so if you wanna kind of know like much larger seasonally cycles that you're going through, knowing where Saturn is focusing its discipline and knowing where Jupiter is focusing its growth is actually really important. So for example, I'll use my own chart. I'm having a Saturn transit that has to do with my career. And it's been really perplexing because things have been really slow. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense, but it makes perfect sense because Saturn is slow and cold and constricting. And it's just giving me more space to focus on something else, okay? So me knowing that allows me to not be so hard on myself thinking, oh, I must be missing something. Oh, I've got to market harder. Oh, I've got to do all of this, blah, 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 blah. I just know I'm in a season where I'm less visible, things are a little slower, and it's temporary, right? So knowing where Saturn and Jupiter are is pivotal in my opinion. Okay, that's so cool to hear and to learn about because again, like I'm such a newbie to all of this, but I'm going through a Saturn return and what you just explained I feel like is so relatable. So that's really cool too and how knowing that information you're able to almost relax into whatever you might be worried about. Like if you can make sense of it with the planets and what's going on in your life and the cycles going on in your life, like you said, on a bigger, more zoomed out objective perspective, it's okay. I don't have to worry about it. It's just a season. Like the planets are always moving. It'll move into a new direction. How can someone go about figuring out that information? Like I know where my Saturn was when I was born. Do I have to go look at where Saturn is right now in order to to get that information? So Saturn, for I'm assuming when this comes out, Saturn will still be in Pisces because it's going to be in Pisces for three years. <laughs> so I think we're good. Um, so you need to know where is Pisces in my birth chart, okay? And that's going to depend on your rising sign. So just pull out your birth chart and find the sign of Pisces. And you know Saturn is in a specific place in Pisces when you're listening to this, but you can just assume that that whole house and the life topics that house represents. 
uh, for example, let's pretend it's the fourth house and that represents home and family, okay, and where you live, then Saturn's going to be doing its disciplinary action and it's focusing and it's growing pains in fourth house ways and areas. And so that's how you'd go about doing it. And the same thing with Jupiter. So Jupiter is currently in Taurus. So you'd find Taurus in your birth chart and then think about, oh, what kind of opportunities um, and growth areas, even if they're not very obvious, um, am I noticing in this particular area of life and how can I take advantage of them? So cool. And I'm so glad you, you said that because the question just popped up into my mind that you do, you speak about this in the book, but for anyone listening, if they don't have Taurus in their chart, how would that correlate to their experience? If they go find out, oh, Jupiter's in Taurus, but I have nothing in Taurus, what would you do with that information? Yeah, no big deal. Um, so we, yeah, it's no big deal at all. So we all have Taurus somewhere in our chart and it is on a house somewhere. So there's houses one through 12 and the houses are so important in my opinion. I, I like them more than the signs because they're just very straightforward. They represent certain topics in life. Like this is the house of children. This is the house of reputation. This is the house of bad health. This is the house of good fortune. And it's very straightforward. And so you have Taurus on one of those houses. And so if Jupiter is transiting through that part of your chart, it's gonna bring opportunity to that area of life, even if there are no planets there. Okay, so good to know. Like I would have not, my assumption would have been, oh, this just must not apply to me. But that makes sense. Like everybody has all of these aspects of their life, whether or not there's planets in them. Exactly. Super cool. What astrology did you say you studied again or that you practice? I'm a traditional astrologer and I study mostly Hellenistic or ancient Greek astrology. Okay. Because a question came in saying, I just figured out that there is a whole separate thing called, and I might not pronounce this right, um, Jyotisha, which is Vedic or Eastern astrology. And I have a whole different birth chart. Do you think that she could explain the difference between these and what makes them both valid or useful or just go deeper into that subject in general? So I'm definitely not a Vedic astrologer. However, I will say that that tradition is really old and really rich. And I prefer to keep tradition separate because I think it keeps their integrity. And so the very basic that I can share is that we are actually working with two different zodiacs, which is why the chart looks different. Okay. And there are always, you know, in in ancient traditions and systems, there's a lot of overlap in certain techniques, but there's also a lot of um, things that should stand on their own. And so I would definitely, if you're interested in Vedic astrology, see a Vedic astrologer, but it's definitely a completely different system. What's wonderful about all the different systems of astrology is you can practice a totally different type and still come to the same conclusions about the native or the person in front of you. If one calls to you over the other, it's not like one's better than the other. They're just very different and they have different histories and different practices and they're both valid and they're both uh, wonderful, yeah. It makes me think of how you said learning about this is like learning a new language. In my mind, it almost seems like it's just two different languages, but talking about a lot of the same things. Such a great analogy. Yeah, it's, it is two different languages and I and my little human brain can only speak one. <laughs> so I've chosen <laughs> just this one to practice. Very, very fair. For anyone that is 
listening today and they're hooked. I mean, I'm hooked. I'm like, I'm ready to log off and then I feel like I'm going to come and book in with you. But for anyone else that wants to un unpack their chart or learn more from you, do you want to just take a moment to explain some of the offerings that you do have? I know we've touched on them, but just to kind of dive deeper so that anyone can know exactly what they could get. Well, you can find everything I do on my website, which is claregallagher.co.co. I do a lot of different readings, but basically everything I can I do is broken down into two camps. One is natal reading, um, which is looking at your birth chart. And one is timing. So looking at your birth chart and how it's being interacted with the planets right now. So what kind of cycles you're navigating and how to strategize and use them to the best of your ability. They're both really important. I also offer many readings for certain special things that are happening in the sky right now. Those are just occasional. And then I have quite a few courses and classes on my website. I think your listeners um, would really like what's called the Stellium Library. It's basically a compilation of over 20 of my best astrology classes in a really digestible format where you can take some of the stuff we talked about today much deeper. Yeah, I mean, there's a moon experiment where I encourage you to track the moon. So kind of the transit journaling is in there along with some deeper topics about transits and lots of things. So I think they would love that. Um, but there's also other courses. So consulting and courses is what I do. And hopefully more books in the future. And with the courses, is that something that people can do like on their own time or do they go along with you or? Yeah. I am an introvert, so I just let people do things on their own time. I tend to attract soft souls, and they like to do that in that way. Yeah. I was just going to say that's so relatable. I totally can understand that. <laughs> okay, so I have a couple more questions to wind down with you. The first being, and this is probably going to be such a difficult question, but just what has astrology taught you both about the world and about yourself? What first pops into your mind? That we're so different. <laughs> That we're so different. Um, it makes me think about something you put really well earlier in the podcast about how you can't make an assumption just because someone else is a Libra moon. It doesn't mean that their experience is going to be the same as your experience. And that's really hard to, you know, swallow as an astrologer who's trying to codify and systematize all of these signs. But it's true. It's true. Uh, I can sit with hundreds of Libra moons and there are threads of similarities, but their experiences are also vastly different. And so learning to hold space for the variety of our human experience is something that astrology has taught me. Yeah, it continues to humble me every day in that regard. It also teaches me that there are seasons. And so like we talked about earlier with the transit I'm experiencing, it allows me to be present. Like I, I kind of see it as a presencing tool where it shows you what's happening, what's the reality right now. So you can allow it to unfold instead of fighting against what is. I love that. The, the almost like a, it's like a grounding tradition or experience to sit with how you're feeling and then look to the planets. Like one thing that I mentioned, we all talked about this at the book club in particular, but the introduction to body astrology is what really hooked me. And the way that you described it, and please fix it if I explain it wrong, but the way that I ingested it from the way you spoke was that 
it's really just like a snapshot of symbology. Like it's like a mirror, a universal mirror that you can look to, to better understand what's going on energetically. And there's just like such beautiful information. It's, it's very poetic. It's very romantic in the sense of like everything really does have an energetic layer to it. Everything really does have like a, a pattern to it. And so when you look to the planets and then you look to your chart and you see how they overlap, I loved the way that you described it as just really translating all of that symbolicness into what you're feeling and experiencing. It pulls away that need for almost how you just even described wanting to just put it in a box. And it really opens your mind up to, okay, I want to read this now. I want to understand this more. I really want to allow myself to lean into this and see what my experience is. So this That's isn't so a question. flattering. <laughs> Thank you. That's it was so just such a, it's such a well-written book. And I, I really do hope you read more. I would love to read more of your books as well. Um, but a question I didn't, yes, a question I didn't put in here, but it's one that I have that just popped into my head is what yeah what is your big three if you don't mind me asking oh sure I'm a Virgo sun um and I'm an Aquarius moon and a Sagittarius rising but I have quite a few planets in Leo which is why I like to talk on camera and have fun like that um yeah but that's my big three mm -hmm. oh so cool and what's next for you personally in your life Oh, relaxing into this season of Saturn is on my to-do. I actually, this is going to sound really weird, but personally, I would like to get comfortable with doing nothing and the sensation of being bored. Um, I think that is something I would like to make friends with. So that's a lesson. And then the other thing is I really am hoping to have another book project on the table soon. So I'm writing and thinking and outlining so that, that's enough. <laughs> and with the Saturn thing, would it be a three-year season? Is that kind of the way you would oh, look at it? Great question. Um, <laughs> it depends on the rules that you follow in astrology, but I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say no. Um, so the actual transit that I'm experiencing and any other people with Virgo or Pisces, or Sagittarius or Gemini, you're going through some Saturn times right now. Um, I have the sun in very early Virgo, it's at the fourth degree, and Saturn right now is in very early Pisces, it's making an opposition. So as soon as Saturn's done doing that in like nine months, I'll feel better. So okay. um, yeah, it's not a, th <laughs> whoo, three years to be. <laughs> you're like, I wanna be bored for three years, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least what would be your message for anybody listening today another tough mm -hmm. one but whatever pops into your mind yeah I think the message that I'm always giving myself every day and so what I would give to anyone listening is that you are your own authority astrology or no astrology um and that astrology is just a tool it doesn't tell you how to be it doesn't tell you what to do unless you want it to and let it so you are your own authority. Yeah. I love that. So you are a believer in free will over fate. Is that what you're saying? You know what? That is a whole nother. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, the more I practice, the more I, I believe that we have a choice over our reactions and our responses. 
but I do believe there is a lot of fate operating um, somewhere in between. Yeah, I really am firmly on the middle. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Again, I feel like you just did 10 times more than I ever could by trying to reiterate (laughs) your brain and your information and your expertise. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, having this conversation, answering my questions and answering the other questions I brought into today's episode as well. And I'll be sure to include all of your information in the show notes for anybody listening that wants to get to know more about you, maybe get their hands on your book or hopefully come and get a reading done by you or do one of your courses. Yeah. I had a wonderful time. Thank you. This was, coffee talks are my favorite talks. So (laughs) this was great. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed today's interview with Claire. I feel like I'm getting a little better each time I interview somebody at not being an anxious mess. I just get so awkward whenever I have to interview somebody else, but there's so much to learn anytime I'm able to bring someone else on the podcast. And I myself want to book in with her and go through my own almanac, which I ordered. And if you are listening or watching today and you want to dive a little bit deeper into transit journaling, I actually did a full vlog where I did my first transit journal session using the almanac that she actually referenced in this episode. So I went to Honeycomb, ordered an almanac, and then started my practice on my own. And she wasn't kidding. There is so much to learn. So I'm going to book in with her. And if you want the information or want to find her book, definitely check the show notes out too. And without further ado, I will see all of you guys next week. We have just a regular episode, just me posting next week, and then another interview after that the following Wednesday. So lots of coffee talks still to come. And of course, if you have been enjoying Talktober so far, we're only on day three, then I'll be here for the next two days as well with some mini talks for the month of October, Monday to Friday. I'll be here. So cheers, and I'll talk to you guys all very soon. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.